Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to an episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. I know it's been a while since I've actually done an episode. I think it's been almost a month. It's been at least like three weeks, but unfortunately not much I could do about it. Had to work, had a bunch of uh, storms come through New Hampshire, knock the power out. So I had to get the power back on and then the holidays happened and I had several shows that I had been supposed to do over the couple weeks before Christmas, had to cancel all of them. So uh, we're finally getting around to them. Uh, so the guy I have on today, he's been on the show before. I think he was on the uh, October Four Horsemen. Um, Adam Green from No More News. Uh, Ryan put me in touch with him. And I've been following him on Twitter for the last few months. I've watched some of his videos. Definitely haven't watched enough. Got to watch more. But I wanted to have him on and talk about some stuff and some heat he's gotten into and just kind of explore his ideology and what he believes so we got Adam Green from No More News, No With a K. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Reed. Happy to be back and uh, finally do this. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, I guess just for people who don't know anything about you, just give us an intro. Like, when did you start doing the show? Uh, why did you start doing it? Has it evolved since you started it? Or w what are you really trying to bring attention to? Uh, the dangers of religion and the influence that religion has on the world. I started No More News in 2014, and I was focused on uh, the broad topic of Zionism. But really, in my opinion, when I say Zionism, I don't mean like the, the state of Israel. I just mean like the belief in Zion. So basically Judaism, Christianity, and even Islam to a degree, the Abrahamic religions, the Judeo paradigm. And it has evolved a little bit. Um, with the deeper research that I've done, but um, basically just pointing out the Abrahamic uh, temple cult. So you were raised as a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, at what point did you start questioning everything? Um, was it a rejection of it? Did you like have a really bad relationship with it growing up or were you always kind of skeptical? Like how did that mm -hmm. transformation take place? Yeah, I was pretty much always skeptical. I was raised in a, in a Christian family and was went to church, was brought to church three times minimum a week my, my whole life until I was about 15 or 16. And I remember even as a kid, my mom reading me like the, the storybooks from the, the Bible myths. And I would ask like, oh, did this really happen? Is this real history? Like, is that true or stuff like that? And uh so I always was skeptical of it. I was always pressured to get baptized and I always wanted to drink the grape juice too. Cause during church, you know, it's nice to have a little snack with the grape juice and the crackers. Yeah. So I wanted to do that, but I wasn't allowed to. So that in order to drink the juice, I had to get, go up in front of the church in the water in front of everybody. And even as a kid, I could just tell that was like a really bizarre cults initiation ritual. And I was pressured to do it, but but never wanted to because I didn't I never believed it. I, I was they did instill the fear of God in me, which I had to overcome with uh, basically the Internet and learning about atheist debates and stuff like that and uh, get over the fear that I would burn in hell if I just like admitted that, oh, I actually don't believe in this uh, magical uh, sky daddy that's watching everything I do. So, yeah, I, I never believed it. What about you? Were you raised religious? Uh, yeah, no, I was raised in an evangelical religious family, very right wing, very conservative. 
Um, although my parents did oppose the Iraq war, which kind of was weird for that group, the, all the institutions that I went to the church, uh, you know, if I went to like Bible club or the summer camp, like all those types of institutions were very intertwined with the political right wing, which as you know, is intertwined with the Israeli lobby and all that bullshit. Um, so there was like a very pro Zionist pro, uh, pro-Christianity background that I came up with. And then when I was in, I think it was like middle school, I think it was like, yeah, 15 or something, 15 or 16, somewhere around there. I really started having, I really started taking issue with the fact that the evangelical Baptist Protestant church was the only version that got it right. And all those Catholics are going to hell and all the Presbyterians are going to hell and all the, you know, all what, whatever other faction that basically believes like 98% of the same stuff. They're all damned. We got the exact right one. And then I started noticing that Islam was the same way. You know, you have the Sunnis and you have like all these different political factions, all these different religious factions. And if you don't have it the exact right way, then you missed. And so once I got into high school, I kind of started um, you know, becoming less serious about it. I was actually the worship leader at church. I was playing keyboard and leading us in songs and everything, but they had me I do was... that too. I had to go up and sing the songs also. Oh yeah. Yeah. We probably yeah. know lots of the same ones. How, how, how old are you? Uh, late thirties. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure lots of our overlap with the song knowledge is the same. Cause as you know, they don't really update them that often. They're all like, <laughs> came up marching with a lot to of Zion. Them. That's one of the songs, the yeah. titles of the song I remember singing marching yeah, to sure. Zion. And that's what they're doing for sure. It, yeah, it's interesting so, that you say that a lot of people say the same thing that they realize that the religion wasn't true once they got a little older and realized that there's so many other religions and, and it is hypocritical to think like oh you know the one that i happen to be raised in is the right one and everybody else thinks the same thing that that does help wake a lot of people up for sure yeah for sure and then i like so i'd be interested to know if this happened with you too but uh, after I graduated high school and I was out in the real world, I kind of shelved everything, didn't think about it much. And then it was kind of forced upon me to think about it again, because uh, some of my family members outside my immediate family actually started telling me like, hey, you need to get back into the scripture every day and you need to start going to church. And then it had been several years since I'd really taken it seriously at all. And then I tried to take it seriously again. And I was like, guys, I just, <laughs> I don't believe this. So then I actually went for, I don't know, probably like six months to a year. I went into what I called the militant atheist phase, which was just as dumb as being religious because it was almost like I was spreading the good news. Hey, there is no God and you have to know this. And I was getting pissed with people who didn't agree with me. And then after a while, I realized like, no, that's just kind of dumb. Like, I don't really care what other people believe as long as it's not leading them to do dumb shit. And I realized lots of the, I've also realized this over the last several years that lots of people who don't believe in any of this religious bullshit, even if they're atheists, a lot of them believe that we still have to have the same Zionist principles, <laughs> you know, that come from the, the uh, religion of Judaism anyway. So it's just like, I don't understand um, you know, just berating them over the head, um, forever if they're, if they're good people or whatever, but have you had like, did you ever go through anything like that? Like a militant atheist phase and then kind of back off or like, what, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, like when I was around 18, you know, finishing high school, that's kind of when I think that's when YouTube came out. And then I was watching like atheist debates and stuff with uh, Christopher Hitchens and Richard Dawkins and and all that type of stuff. Um, I wouldn't say I was militant, but I just wanted to inform myself because I was like uh, uh, deprogramming myself from the childhood of indoctrination, really, of, Mm -hmm. uh, of religion. And um, that, that's the other thing that I, I could never believe. It's like, OK, Genesis 1, 1 and God, God made, uh, you know, the lights and uh, he made the earth. And I was like, who was around to write all that? How do they know that's how it went down? Like, that doesn't seem like a very good explanation. And it, even as a kid growing up, the, the whole God sent his son to be sacrificed to save you from Adam and Eve. Like, I, you know, I guess I just wasn't gullible enough to swallow that one because it is pure nonsense. Yeah. So. Um, I started watching a lot of YouTube um, atheist debates with Christopher Hitchens and um, Richard Dawkins. And I really didn't like Richard Dawkins because he just came off as so hateful to me. <laughs> like I, I almost felt like he was, it was almost like he did believe in God and he was just angry about it and was just trying to, you know, when, when somebody has like some sort of insecurity, they're always trying to overcompensate for it. And I always felt that way about him. And it just was really off-putting to me. And then at the time I found someone who I thought was really reasonable, which was Sam Harris. And we'll dig into that in a Mm -hmm. little bit, but he seemed much more measured and like, he wasn't really hateful or spiteful about any of it. He was just disagreeing and trying to take logical arguments, but that like Richard Dawkins style atheism was a big turnoff to me. Um, do you agree with any of that? Do you feel like there's a lot of atheists who are just like needlessly spiteful and angry about it? I never thought he was he was that mean. <clears throat> he was just more like, I mean, I can understand getting frustrated with Christians. I get really frustrated with Christians, especially the uh, so-called anti anti-Zionist Christians, which I think is a is a term that we shouldn't use because all christians are inherently zionist because they believe in the prophecies of zion the old they believe the old testament is the word of god and god dwells in zion in the in the old testament so um but they'll attack me and say that i'm uh i'm a secret jew and i'm trying to turn them away from jesus and they 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 think they say you're in the synagogue of satan you're a uh you know, you're a devil worshiper, the ty- type of stuff that they say to cope with the fact that I'm telling them that they've been deceived by this Abrahamic uh, religion. Gotcha. So um, I guess I'll bring up Sam Harris since I already talked about him, but I have a clip um, that I'm going to show here. I want to ask you one thing about yeah, uh, go ahead. your evangelical. Did, did they teach the rapture? Did you grow up believing the oh, rapture? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, we'd have debates in church about uh, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, like when the rapture is going to happen, if it was after the tribulation, before or during. Um, really weird stuff, actually, about like some people were like yearning for that punishment and wanted to stay through the tribulation and then go afterward. And I don't know, I thought it was all very strange that people would like look forward to that, too. You know, like it's like a death uh, cult. Yeah, <laughs> it is very weird, at least in the church I grew up in. Yeah, um, I asked because that's uh, tre- I turned on Twitter, opened up Twitter this morning, and Rapture was trending, and oh. I think it's because they have a new Left Behind movie that's coming out this month. Uh, did you see any of those? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Kirk Cameron, I believe, right? Yeah, in those, yeah. yeah. Tim yeah, Tim so LaHaye is the author behind those, and and he's the guy that founded the right wing Christian group, the Council for National Policy, that 
is uh, kind of in the shadows, but has a lot of influence in the in the right wing and Republicans. But they have a new Left Behind starring Kevin Sorbo, Rise of the Antichrist. So that should be a interesting one. Yeah. You know, uh, it is funny. Like sometimes I try to weaponize the beliefs people have in a political way, which is what, the you know, that's what a lot of people do with <laughs> religious beliefs. But I remember there was this guy trying to evangelize to me a few months ago and he was talking about Gog and Magog rising up and he believed it was the United Nations. And I was like, whoa, OK, well, hey, look, I'm not a religious person, but if you want to believe that the United Nations is Gog and Magog, then, you know, that's all right <laughs> with me as long as like <laughs> you have this like negative view of who these you know, that's what, what left that's the plot are. of left behind there was a guy a european at the united nations um a lot of rabbis and and christian zionists like hagi and uh and others tim lahey they consider russia to be gog and magog and yeah exactly in russia like putin i've, I've got hagi's book here earth's last empire which is America. Their religion is all about America has to be destroyed at the end times. The church has to fall. And that's also what the rabbis believe that Edom, which is the West Europe, the, the new Rome Christianity is, uh, has to be destroyed in the end times in the Armageddon war. And with Christianity, it's almost like predictive programming. It's conditioning Christians to accept their destruction as part of God's plan. You got that with the Armageddon. You got that with uh, the the rapture stuff, and or even just like the idea that you you win when you die because you get to go to heaven as long as you believed in the in the Hebrew prophecies. Yeah, don't you find it strange that a lot of right wing Christians who do believe that America has to you know everything has to die for Jesus to come back basically that they are so concerned about american foreign policy at the same time like they it's like cognitive dissonance they have this idea that we got to do everything we can to protect america and to make it the strongest country in the world but at the same time there's nothing about america in the end times and ultimately it all has to go away i, I always thought that was a weird contradiction taking place yeah, it's like they want us to be the big evil empire, like the new Babylon that needs to be destroyed in the end. And it's, it, you know, it's like weaponizing religion for political reasons. I think that's why Christianity and Islam were created, because if you can, can like all the prophecies of the Old Testament, a pervasive theme all throughout is that the one true God, the monotheistic God, Yahweh, the jealous genocidal God, he wants to just stamp out all idol worship and to bring all of the nations to worship him and believe in him and his chosen people. So they accomplish that through Christianity and they and fear, the fear of hell through Christianity. And uh, talk about weaponizing religion. If you can convince all of the rest of the world that your book is the one holy book and your God is the only God and that he chose you like you, that's the most powerful thing in the world. And now it, they do polls. Like I think it's four in 10 of uh, Americans believe that we're in the end times right now. They do polls where Christians believe that God gave Israel to the Jews more than even Jews in America believe. Um, tons of Americans believe that you're the, the verse in Genesis, you're cursed if you curse them and blessed if you bless them, like convincing all of the, a small tribe that thinks they're chosen by God that convinces half of the rest of the world with a religion that dominates the last 2000 years, convincing them that you're chosen by God, you're God's chosen people. And you're the only ones that are prophets that can speak for this God. 
that that's the most powerful weapon weaponization of religion imaginable and they want the bible teaches total control and one world government and to have a one world government you need a one world religion everybody has to have the same spirituality and if you look at the three abrahamic faiths like some people think like oh they're different religions but they all believe in the hebrew patriarchs they all worship the god of abraham that's obsessed with uh human sacrifices and you know cutting off foreskins and um so they're preparing the world for this one world religion through these religions for the the nations yeah i've always wondered if the people who push a lot of these ideologies, if they are actually sincere believers, you know, it's almost like they just realize that it's an easy ploy to brainwash millions of people into fearing something you're talking about. Do you ever wonder that if they actually are oh, true yeah, believers all the themselves? Yeah. I go, that guy seems smart. How could he really believe these things? How can he, you know, how can they uh, just be so smart in some ways but then believe this total nonsense and and justify and rationalize all these absurd miracles and, and and all these other things so yeah i do wonder it's like you know let me on the secret do you even really believe this or is it just because it's so ubiquitous in our culture it's so ingrained it's like people are normalized to the whole idea and it, it does seem like it's a grift for a lot of people like uh, early on in my channel i had a lot more christians watching me and I could have gone down a different path and tried to collect their tithes and told them what they wanted to hear and, you know, walked on eggshells and bit my tongue and pulled punches so that I didn't offend and I didn't lose any support. And I think a lot of people do that. They see the support from Christians. They're very sheep-like. You know, they say that they're proud sheep following the 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 uh, Messiah shepherd. So it's it's a good griff for a lot of people a lot of money has been made through religion uh con artists and you know prosperity gospels and all these things the the power the institution of the of the vatican and it's all a big racket yeah i uh i mean i think everyone who watches me isn't confused about where i stand on religion however there's you know with everything that's going on nowadays sometimes i feel like arguing over religion isn't the most important thing, at least for what I'm looking for, maybe for what uh, you're trying to uncover it is. But for me, like I would rather ally with Christians and whoever <laughs> who's against, you know, um, sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine, that type of stuff comes to the forefront for me. But I do agree that a lot of people um, are afraid to speak out about what they do believe because, um, you know, I, I feel like there is still this myth that atheism or lack of religion is super popular i don't really buy that i mean I, even amongst liberals it's not really that prominent of an ideology i mean if you try to run for congress as an outspoken atheist i think that would do more that i mean the only thing that could be like more damaging is if you run as a nazi or an anti-semite or something like mm -hmm. if you run as a staunch atheist, that's a real turnoff for a lot of people still. And what does atheist mean in our culture? It means you don't believe in the God of Abraham. You don't believe in the God of Israel because nobody, there's no other religions that are serious with like worshiping other gods or sincerely believing in other gods. So really it's like you are on the outs. For a long time there was, they even had laws where you had to be a Christian to be in politics 
or um, I know for the longest time there was only one guy in Congress that was an open atheist. I'm sure there's many more. They just they just can't admit it because you can't win in politics unless you you pander to this group. Can you think of any single thing that has dominated human history more the la the last two thousand years than the Abrahamic religions? Democracy, maybe, but now <laughs> not much. Yeah. Um, I mean, w that's an interesting question. What do you think about, um, what do you think about like secular religions? They're not really, I mean, a lot of people would not call them religions, but when you see people reacting in such a visceral way to the January 6th riot, like it was an attack on a religious building that has religious importance, or you see, um, people questioning the science surrounding COVID like it's a religion. Where do you think that comes from? Is that just because this way of thinking is so ingrained into our brains at this point? Or why do people who, why do a lot of people who leave, you know, traditional religion behind end up embracing some sort of secular ideology that's just as, you know, dominant in their lives? I've noticed this. There's a, there's a lot of uh, former fundament fundamentalist Christians that leave Christianity and then they swing to the opposite extreme and they join like the leftist cult and they mm -hmm. do. I mean, I guess people are just, you know, in, instinctually kind of tribal. So and and, uh, you know, everybody suffers from cognitive biases and confirmation bias and stuff and and likes to, you know, is, is controlled with the herd mentality. So I definitely see that a lot. I've got huge issues with the like the atheist YouTubers with them uh them refusing to criticize judaism for one a lot of former christians that become atheists they're still influenced by the idea they have guilt like oh i was a christian and christians have always persecuted and hated the jews for killing jesus or for being being cursed by god and worshiping you know being the synagogue of satan so they feel really bad and, and i see that as a as a dialectical trap basically and it's it, they set up a religion as a as a to scapegoat us and to it's a, Christianity is basically the original controlled opposition because it's it's set up a, a religion that's like antithetical to Judaism but it's also worshiping the same God so it seems like there's this uh, this uh, light and dark dichotomy between Judaism and, and Christianity but at the end of the day they're worshiping the same God they're arguing about who the Messiah is who the Hebrew Messiah is that's just too you know that's that's just a two Hebrew sects that have a minor disagreement so I see them as basically one in the same they've got far more in common that they disagree with yeah I have a complete lack of interest in most atheist youtubers like the ones that I used to watch like seven or eight years ago when I first like when um when I was like 22 um I think it was when I was 20. Yeah, when I was like 22 is when I finally admitted I didn't believe in any of this stuff. And I was watching a lot of their YouTube channels trying to, you know, kind of strengthen my own thoughts or whatever. But there's nothing interesting about them anymore. What's interesting to me about you is that you do go after uh, Judaism so much. And most atheists been... don't. They only no, focus on Islam no. and Christianity and they play with kid gloves on Judaism. Yeah, for sure. And I know why, because they're scared of being smeared like you have been. I mean, I haven't seen everything you've ever said or uh, written, but from what I have seen, like everything you talk about 
is is a uh, criticism of a religious doctrine and then how that gets politically um you know infused into our culture and how it's you're not allowed to talk about it i think that's crazy and um the reason i um the reason i titled the show the way i did zionism the mother load of bad ideas that is what uh, Sam Harris called Islam. He called it the mother load of bad ideas. And there was this crazy viral clip. I'm going to play it right here. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen it. But this is from, I think, 2015, um, where Sam gets smeared as being a racist against Arabs because of his views on Islam. So I'm just going to play it. And then I've got a few comments afterward. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Well, I mean, the, the crucial point of confusion is that that we have been sold this meme of Islamophobia where every criticism of the doctrine of Islam gets conflated with bigotry toward Muslims as people. Right. And that is uh, it's, it's intellectually ridiculous. They even it gets So hold on, are racism. you the person who understands the officially codified doctrine of Islam? You're the uh, interpreter well, of that, well, so you well, can say, well, I, this I'm, is, I'm, I think I'm any- I'm actually well-educated on this topic. I'm, I'm asking you, so I mean, you're you, saying, if I criticize the, you're saying that Islamophobia is not a real thing. That if you're critical of something, it... well, it's not a real thing when we do it. Right. <laughs> well, well, no, it no, really no, isn't. I, I'm not denying not... That, that certain people are bigoted against Muslims as people. That's, right. And that's a that's problem. Bigoted. But the. But why yeah, are you we so have hostile to... about because this? It's, it's gross. It's racist. It's, it's not. It's but it's so not. It's so. It's like saying it's those so state not shifty Jew. You're not listening Absolutely to not. what well, we are saying. You guys are saying if you want to be liberals, believe in liberal principles right. like freedom of speech, like right. um, you know we are endowed by our uh, forefathers with an inalienable life. Like all men are created. No, Ben, we have to be able to criticize bad ideas. And of course we do. Islam, no liberal doesn't okay, want to okay. criticize bad ideas. But Islam but why when... is the mother load of bad ideas. Jesus. So we have we have. Where did they get their ideas from? (laughs) (laughs) Islam Islam didn't start till like 600, 700 CE. It's it's completely predicated and based upon Christianity and Judaism that came before it. Right. So if you're going to say Islam is the motherload of bad ideas, I think you should just start at the source where they got it all from. The Abrahamic, the Torah is the the motherload of all bad ideas. And no, it's not anti-Jewish to be anti-Torah. That's the way they try to make it, though. They try to conflate that it's a religion and a people. And they say that they literally believe that anybody that opposes Judaism or the Torah or their God is uh, is called Amalek. They have a special biblical term for them where that's like the epitome of all evil. So you're evil if you oppose their evil. That's the paradigm that they have set up where they're always the light and anybody that opposes them is the darkness. You hear this a lot uh, all the time, the light and dark Kabbalistic dualistic concept. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that they could point out that obvious, um, you know, that obvious hypocrisy over Islam. But those same guys, especially uh bill maher do call like criticism of i mean they might make some like really light criticisms of judaism like oh they wear funny hats or they have Mm -hmm. funny beards or something but they never dig into zionism at all and especially on a political level like if you uh you know if you oppose the state of israel you're you are an anti-semite and i mean it's just the 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 career ending and the dehumanizing of people that you can do with just that one adjective anti anti-semitic calling someone an anti-semite is like the worst thing you could ever call somebody i mean it's it's the most effective at destroying their life taking away their finances making it so they can't um ever say anything ever again without 
you know, being tainted by your accusations of them. Um, I mean, I've seen, I've been written up by the Southern Poverty Law Center, but I've seen stuff written up about you from Stop Anti-Semites and like all these different organizations. And it's just crazy. I mean, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to criticize these ideas that are thousands of years old from a religious book without yeah, like blasphemy. being called they're a racist. Trying to, they're trying to enact blasphemy laws where you're not allowed to criticize their religion. Like, uh, and and this is something that Christians also promote. Christians defend this idea that like, oh, it's their faith, so it can't be mocked. And and uh, and it's actually Christians that spread the Torah around the world and, and that impose the Torah Messiah on the rest of the world. That and you know they always make it seem like Islam and Christianity are like the big bullies and they're the persecutors and they've always just picked on the poor uh, Ju poor Judaism. But Judaism actually views Christianity and Islam as as part of God's plan to spiritually conquer, theologically conquer the nations. This was their goal laid out all over the Old Testament, and they accomplished it through these true religions. And now they brag about it, but they still, and even secular people, secular atheists, they still are instilled with this idea that, oh, they're, they're the victims and they've always been the... It's like a way to make us the villains and them the eternal martyrs, which also plays into their religion. It, it all goes back to this, the twins, the story of the patriarchs, Jacob and Esau. They believe Jacob is Judaism and Esau is Edom is Christianity. So they, they say it's a law of nature that Esau hates Jacob and Esau wants to destroy Jacob. So it, it's, it's all they created this religion playing into their whole narratives here. Oh, and so by the way. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. That's your point. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I was going to move to a new subject, sort of. So well, if me, you want, let me if you comment on Sam Harris, too. I have a quote from Sam Harris's blog that he did about Israel. And here it goes. It goes, quote, parts of Hebrew Bible books like Leviticus and Exodus and Deuteronomy are the most repellent, the most sickening, unethical documents to be found in any religion. They're worse than the Quran. They're worse than any part of the New Testament. So at least yeah. he did admit that there, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, and the no, ADL, sure. I I uh, did a I put up a me memes with that quote and one from Christopher Itch Hitchens where he calls Judaism savage, wicked, and evil, and I have the video of him saying it. He's he's uh, part Jewish, one of the most famous atheists uh, to ever live. I mm -hmm. quoted this with a meme, and the ADL got all mad about it and tried to flag it down and say that this violates Twitter's rules. And then they complained about it when they were trying to organize a boycott on Elon Musk. And it's like, okay, we're not, I, I didn't say Jewish people are evil. I would never condemn a whole race of people. That's immoral to do, but that's what they do. They're the, it's, they're the ones that came yeah, up with the idea right. of the, of the, you know, the in group and the out group and vilify, you know, they're chosen. We're not, they're holy. We're not, you know, these type of things. And then they want to, play the victim and they've been able to play the victim through Christianity, through the red herring and the discrediting things of Christians. Their big issue with them is that, Oh, they rejected their Messiah. That's as if that's the problem. That's not what the problem is. The problem is the Torah, but the Christians are Torah apologists and, and defenders and are spreading it all around the world and turning a blind eye to the horrendous things in it. So um, you believe that the apostle Paul was a real person who helped uh, propagate the made-up myth of the scriptures, correct? Right. Okay, so... I have a book. Um, Paul was not a Christian. 
And the idea was that Paul was a Pharisee. He was learned in the oral law. He claims to be of tra- be trained since a child from the top Sanhedrin leader rabbi in Jerusalem, Gamaliel. And his idea was he believed it was the, the end times were coming. He had to, oh, and, and he wrote half of the New Testament, but really, right. uh, well, half of the New Testament is attributed to him, but really only half of that, about seven letters, uh, scholars agree that he actually wrote. But he never even claimed to have met Jesus before. He had this story about uh, his road to Damascus. He saw Jesus in a vision, but he didn't even write about that in any of his letters. That didn't come till decades later after he died in Acts. But so basically he says outright that he had visions of Jesus, that he saw him in the scriptures, mysteries in the scriptures. So there was basically Jewish sects back then that were doing Bible codes. They were reading the Torah. They were reading all these Old Testament books, and they were like connecting different verses and coming up with like new myths. It's called Midrash or Pesher logic to come up with new concepts and new mysteries revealed with the scriptures. So basically, they created Christianity, Paul's gospel and, um, and, and the four gospels from reading the Old Testament, seeing different prophecies, verses of prophecy, verses completely out of context that weren't even about the Messiah. And they put them together and came up with a new myth. And then he was the apostle to the Gentiles. So he targeted the Gentiles with with this myth. So Paul was real, but the Jesus character, the suffering Messiah in the New Testament is a mythological character that they came up with just from reading the scriptures of the Old Testament. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were they real people who just came up with this idea of Jesus? How do you look at that? No, the names Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, weren't even attributed in the books until around 180 CE with Irenaeus. And um, the, the Gospels were written, we don't know who wrote them, we don't know when exactly they wrote them, they didn't, they didn't say. These are not like scholarly biographies. They're they're gospels. They're religious propaganda meant with the intention to just find converts, get Gentile converts. And Mark was the first gospel written after 70 AD, after the temple was destroyed. So this is 40 years, 40-something years after Jesus supposedly died. And then Matthew copied most of Mark, and then Luke copied... The, the the gospel of Luke, not a guy named Luke, copied Mark and Matthew. And then John is like completely different, um, probably came from a different sect uh, later, even later than those. So uh, I, I guess that answers the question. Yeah, not written by those people, not historically accurate. It wasn't even meant to be. It was meant to be like, it was meant to be like almost Kabbalistic, like symbolism and metaphor and esoteric secrets. Christianity is basically just a blend of Hellenism and Judaism, like what Philo of Alexandria was doing with his Logos idea. And uh, it was meant all along to be target, target the Gentile world with this new religion. That's why it was written in Greek. That's why Paul, the earliest, uh, the earliest of any of the New Testament is Paul and he was focused on targeting the Gentiles, getting them to believe in the God of Israel and to abandon their idol worship. That was the goal all along. If you can convince all the nations of the world that you're chosen by God and your God's the only true God, that is essentially theologically, spiritually conquering the rest of the world. 
And that's, you know, if you control them religiously, you control them completely. You control their whole minds. So and look at what we how, have today. Look at what we have today. Now, Christians are the greatest allies of Zionism. The reason Israel is, does what they does, and even there's a state of Israel, is because of Christians around the world. First, with their persecution, justified the need for their own state and their, their sick sadomasochistic prophecies that they have to suffer and atone and be redeemed, and then they can return to the land. And then also just all the funding and all the support. You know, we're the greatest allies. Our shared Judeo-Christian values, they wouldn't be able to do any of this if it were not for Christianity. There would be no Zionism, Christian Zionism, without Christianity to begin with. <clears throat> so how much of the scriptures do you think is true, especially toward the Old Testament? Is it all mythology? I mean, I know, like, uh, one example... Um, I think it was the Hittites. There was no outside proof of the Hittites being a real um, group of people that ever existed other than the Bible. And then I forget when they were discovered, but they were discovered at some point and confirmed that they were real. And the Bible had been initially the only source. At least that's my understanding of it. So is there any historical accuracy outside of the fables uh, of uh, events that took place or anything like that? Or do you think it's all... Um, just a bunch of bullshit. I think most of it's mythological. There's, there certainly could be some kernels of truth that was just greatly embellished or exaggerated or, or just completely made up. Like, but like the big things like, you know, Abraham talking with God and him having his 90 year old wife get pregnant and, and doing a covenant with him where Abraham had to cut up the animals and God carried the torch through and the, and the binding of Isaac. Now, that's all purely mythological, did not happen. Same with Moses in the Exodus, that's mythological, didn't happen. Um, Noah's Ark, again, mythological, didn't happen. They probably got that, uh, that flood story from previous religions. That, that, the whole idea of the God of, of Yahweh is comes from the Canaanite god uh, El and and Baal, a blend a blend of that. Like it, and, and people know these things, but uh, Christians and and the Abrahamic adherents are just in denial about all this. So I definitely agree with you on the correlation, you know, between the uh, the Torah and the Bible, and uh, how Christians are so protective of Judaism. I, I totally agree with you on all that. However, do you think with the new covenant of Christianity, with the idea that um, I think it's Galatians, Galatians three, where, um, you know, there is no Jew nor Gentile. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, it seems like Christianity kind of breaks away from Judaism and says, actually, you know, none of that really matters anymore. It's all about the fact that Jesus died for your sins and it's an individual basis. Now it's not based on whatever ethnic bloodline you're from. Do you grant Christianity any lenience there with the fact that they kind of do disagree with the Jewish religion or uh, what would your response to that be? On the surface, it seems like an improvement on Judaism because it's not like, you know, the chosen people are going to be saved and everybody else is, is going to be destroyed. But Paul, uh, you know, scholars believe that Paul didn't really consider himself to be creating a new religion. And he, he even didn't even really want everybody to believe in Jesus. The prophecies called for, and, and Paul believed that the Jews would be blinded and their, their hearts would be hardened to Jesus and that they wouldn't, it wouldn't be until all the Gentiles believed that then Israel would be saved. So he, there was still the, the difference. Like he was saying, 
you know, that uh, you don't need to be circumcised to follow Jesus. But he that was for the Gentiles. He was speaking to a Gentile audience saying they didn't need to be circumcised because that's the that's the covenant only with the chosen people. So it is an improvement on on that. But it, there still was the difference of uh, that there would be the Jews that, that were non-believing in Jesus until the end. He believed they would believe in the end. And I think that could be what the plan is, is that they, this is like a script to a movie. Like this is uh, the scripture is a script and it's like a three act play. And there's the, the, the Messiah comes, they don't recognize him. They kill him. It's symbolic as the Yom Kippur scapegoat ritual sacrifice. Jesus is the goat. And they, they, they mock him, they scourge him, they spit on him, they reject him. And then he goes to the nations and, and, and think, okay, we're back. Okay. Yeah. You so bro, you, by, you cut by out rejecting him, it's like, it's like reverse psychology by rejecting him, they set up an opposition group and the best way to control the opposition is to lead it. So now they have an opposition group, uh, a dialectic, where they still worship the same God. And it's like they tricked the Gentiles into following their Messiah by rejecting him. That's that's the way I see it going down. Gotcha. So what revelation would you want people to have? Like, at, if you could wake everybody up and tell them the truth, where would you want them to go with this information? Like, I mean, some people, um, some people just have had it ingrained into their lives for decades and decades, and there's nothing they can really do to detach from it. For example, uh, my dad, he was a very, very uh, fundamentalist Christian. And throughout the last decade or so, he's fallen away from a lot of it. But even though he doesn't believe a lot of the Bible, he doesn't uh, think that as many of the names matter as they want us to think about. And he doesn't believe in like a stark heaven and hell afterlife type thing. He still goes to church every Sunday and he still reads the Bible because it's just what he's used to. And it's become like a security thing. So what would you like to see replace that? This is kind of Nietzsche's uh, conundrum that he faced, you know, the God is dead, but you know, the, the arts and politics and whatever secular, it kind of like what I was saying earlier, where uh, a lot of secular people, especially in the West, they just embrace a different form of religion. Sometimes it's worse and even more anti-science and anti-common sense. So what would you like to see people embrace? What do you think the solution to all of this is? Uh, they need to embrace critical thinking. And and the truth that I would try to get out there is just that the Bible is not the word of God. Yahweh is a fictional character. Uh, the, the God of the universe would not choose one group of, of people. He would not, you know, all of these things are myths. They need to be buried. They, they can't be salvaged. But I get this question all the time. What do we replace it with? Like, I, I stopped believing. I haven't believed christianity for half my life now so maybe because i was never deep into it and a sincere believer i didn't need to replace it with anything but when people ask me this question it just like doesn't even compute with me like what what would you need to replace it with i don't know i haven't had christianity for a long time i don't need to replace it with something it, it's almost like the analogy like if somebody quits being an alcoholic what, what are they, what are they going to replace do they do they have to replace it with cigarettes do they have to replace it with mm -hmm. somebody else like why do we need to have 
like a mythological crutch to lean on, you know, to get you through the day. I, I hear stuff from Christians that say, like, if you don't have if you don't have the God of Israel, like you'll be a nihilist. You won't, you know, have any reason to get up in the morning. And I just think like, I, I don't know. It, I don't think like that at all. I, I don't, I'm not desperate to have uh, a God that I need to pray to or, you know, to believe that I'm, I'm saved because of a scapegoat blood magic offering that uh, I believe in. It's it just, but the question about like religion does, it is good at uniting people and or mm-hmm. it also creates a lot of division too, but it, it can unite groups of people. And then people that are united under the banner of like strong, devout religious belief that does give them a cohesiveness that can be, uh, you know, evolutionary advantage. That's why I think religion is so pervasive is because it gives you a group advantage. If you all have a common strong belief and, and this is why you can't really replace it with like, you see some people online, they're like, Oh, uh, we believe in Apollo. We're going back to the pagan religions or something. It won't really work unless you sincerely believe in it. And that's why Christianity was so powerful because they really did a good job of trying to historicize Jesus, that he really was a real, a real person. And people, believe that it's real and that all these stories are actual history so they you know it controls them yeah it's funny um i'm a libertarian and sometimes i miss being a republican and not not just party affiliation i mean like being being a a republican yeah like being part of the tribe that's part of it but then also not necessarily having to think about anything (laughs) you know it's just like handed you on a silver platter this is what you think and just go with it and sometimes like when I find out how complicated the truth is about something or it's a very uncomfortable truth, it's kind of like, oh, man, I wish I could take the blue pill again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people politically, religiously, whatever, they don't want to take the red pill because they are worried about that. I think um, and this is built into definitely the Christian religion, like you're not supposed to hang out with people who don't believe the same thing as you because they're going to be, um, you know, bad influence on you and they're going to cause you to backslide, whatever. Um, you're not to only don't the- hang out with them, but they're like, they're, they're, they're antichrist. They're epitome of all evil and just t- completely stay away from them. Yeah. Um, I think what that is, is an insecurity that a lot of people have because they're worried. What if I talk to this person and that person says something that makes a lot of sense and I don't like it, <laughs> you know, so that's why you have people building up all these walls. It's not that they believe so firmly in what they're told to believe. It's actually that they're really scared that, you know, this might not make a lot of sense, but it's very comfortable. And if I don't have to think about any of this, that is honestly just going to be easier. So I will demonize anyone who disagrees with me. I will build this wall up. I won't have that conversation. Seems to me that's kind of where it all stems from is just a, mm-hmm. a self um, realization of, uh, you know, no solid foundation for what you actually believe. Yeah. They've done studies on this, like the way the brain works, like it wants to think as little as possible. So it's easy to like trust authority figures. And so people are that this makes humans like naturally like followers. Most, most humans just want to follow the authority and, and, and get in line with the group, the herd. That's why I said, teaching critical thinking so people can think for themselves and and not just be controlled by the institution by the authority but but that is that's why critical thinking needs to be taught because people have the tendency to do that 
Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting to me is some of the people that I have the most admiration for in, uh, you know, politic. Like Ron Paul is one of the people I have the most admiration for politically. He's a Christian, uh, so I would fundamentally disagree with him on uh, a philosophical front when it comes to religion. But politically, I think he's one of the greatest thinkers we've ever had. Um, I know like people that I've worked for before who are very smart, very good with business, very intelligent. They believe in Noah's Ark and they believe. So on one level, um, when it comes to uh, like political forces, like our alliance with Israel or something, I do really think it is a big issue if people think we need to support a country uh, in order to bring Jesus back or something like that, then it is a big deal. But in a lot of arenas, I feel like it sort of doesn't matter, you know, outside of where they're actually making policy changes based on whatever crazy ideas they have. In other words, they can have a terrifyingly, to me, ridiculous thought on one level, but then on another level, they could be much smarter than I am, very logical, you know, live their lives in a very logical way. Um, have you noticed that too? Do you think that's true or do you think it's pervasive and it, it kind of infects everything? I think religion is upstream from politics. So people, people's behaviors and attitudes are shaped by their religious worldview. So I think it has a huge impact on, on politics. And, you know, if is, you know, I, I think it's about nine in 10 in Congress are Christian identify as Christian. So that means mm -hmm. they all worship the God of Israel, the foreign God that's, uh, is jealous of any competition and he that, that loves, uh, loves for foreskin and burnt offerings. They believe that is the Holy land. They believe that group is God's chosen special people, the apple of his eye, his treasured possession. That's above all the other nations. If they believe that they are spiritually conquered and we are going to see that play out in all of the politics, and, and we have seen it. It, it. America has been Israel's greatest defender. Look at how at the UN, every every time they vote that there's illegal settlements and it's an occupation, what they're doing to Palestine, America's right there to veto the vote. And and why are they doing that? More so than any reason, I think you can attribute that, be, that we're Christians and we consider that God's chosen people. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that plays a very substantial role. Um, mm -hmm. I remember growing up in church. This was actually one of my first. <clears throat> this is one of my first moments of disagreement that I remember. Uh, one of the other kids was saying, "We need to support Israel at all costs, or God is going to turn His back on us." Mm -hmm. And I, I remember asking him because I, I was still a believer at this point. I was, but I was like, "If there is a God of the universe who." you know, created the cosmos and everything. Do you think he really cares what geopolitical goals our country has and that they align with another, mm -hmm. you know, another geopolitical goal of another country? Do you think that the creator of the universe would really bother to give a shit about that if he was going to return or whatever? Like, I just mm -hmm. thought it was such a ridiculous notion, but it was one of the first, one of the first things I actually remember pushing back on and just being so confused. Like, uh, even from reading the Bible, and I, I, I do agree with you on your correlations you've made, but even from reading the Bible, I drew the conclusion that, you know, none of that matters anymore because it says right here, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. That was my understanding of it at the time. But um, it is amazing, like how many people do think that, like, God will turn his back on us if we don't support Israel, even though 
he has to destroy the United States in the end anyway. And I mean, it's, it was, it's the cognitive dissonance I was talking about earlier. They're also trained that, that if you oppose the, the Jews or the state of Israel or Judaism in any way, that that's Satan. Satan's the one that wants to destroy them. That, that They're taught that too, just similar to what Christians do. And then that carries over into the political world where any criticism of, of anything involve anything judeo is anti-semitism just like in christianity any criticism of christianity you're anti-christ and it, these are just like mental prisons that people are in these are non-arguments to say oh you're you're uh you know any criticism you're an anti that well what if what you're doing is bad then what yeah uh last thing i wanted to ask you is what type of social um what type of social costs have all the accusations of anti-semitism and um being a racist or whatever caused you over the years like i know you're still on twitter but i think your youtube's gone um what else have they come after for talking about this religious doctrine that you disagree with like what social cost have you paid in 2020 before the election my youtube channel with 135,000 subs was banned i was banned from facebook with 8,000 followers patreon paypal coinbase my website at squarespace f five channels on youtube banned actually d live banned trovo banned um i think that's a that's pretty much all of them so I stream on Odyssey and post on BitChute, and I'm still on Twitter and Telegram and Gab. It's, uh, but, but more so, it's just like the, the gatekeeping. Everybody is so scared to, because uh, they know that the political hit squad will come after anybody. Anybody that does an interview with me, they'll, they'll attack them and say, oh, you can't be associating with that person, or you can't give that person a voice or a platform. So people are scared of that. Other people see me censored, so it's a chilling effect that they don't want to cover the same issues. They don't want to, whether it's true or not, they don't want to cover it because they don't want to stick their neck out on the line too, which I appreciate you for having me on. Even though the things we're discussing here are just basic religious concepts. Oh, yeah. like the idea I don't think you've said anything controversial at all during this entire stream, even to a, a I really mainstream audience. Do. I, I yeah. always show everything that I'm... I, I don't just like talk off the top of my head. We're doing it today, but usually on my streams, I'm doing nothing but like, you know, reading from articles or books or showing clips and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's a bit of a grift to be an atheist YouTuber if you just talk about how dumb Christianity is or mm -hmm. you just talk about how dangerous Islam is. And I know you you don't even consider yourself an atheist, but you're doing. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you on again because you're actually going after. Like you said, the 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 father of uh, Islam and Christianity, and you're not afraid to tear apart the religious ideas that are built into that doctrine. Um, and I, I'd never heard it described the way you just put it, but it's true that it's um you know it's like anti blasphemy laws basically mm -hmm. that are just institutionalized in the West. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to criticize these ideas. You can pretend it, th there's like a I've always said. Ryan Dawson has kind of shown me this, that there's like a, an approved counter narrative and then an official narrative that you have to follow. You have to follow one of those two things. So there are things they let you criticize and they kind of let you pretend that you're really brave to talk about it. So Islam is one of those things. They pretend that it's really edgy to talk about Islam and the bad ideas in Islam, or they pretend it's really edgy to say transgender 
men shouldn't be on the women's swim team or whatever. Like those are things you're allowed to talk about while you look like you're being a real, you know, uh, real hero going against the grain. But there are certain things. How, how about this one? You hear out. this one a lot, right? It's the problem is Zionism, not Judaism. They always say right. Zion, Zionism has nothing to do with Judaism. It's not right. Judaism that's the problem. It's only Zionism. Or you'll, Christians say that a lot because they can't. They can't really. They don't want to go after Judaism because that's the Torah. So it can't be the Torah that's the problem because that's also their holy book. You see Christians say this too. They say, oh, it's not the Torah that's the problem. It's the Talmud only. Or it's the, right. the term you hear a lot. It's the fake Jays that's the, that's the issue. And what I try to say is this all stems from the Torah. And if you actually read the Torah, which a lot of Christians don't do, they only focus on the New Testament, a book I highly suggest, everybody, you can get it on an Audible. It's a really powerful book. It's written by Dan Barker. He was a Christian preacher for 20-something years. You Have you heard of him? You familiar with him? I haven't. Dan Barker, his book is God, the Most Unpleasant Character in All of Fiction. And it just that it sounds familiar. So though. many verses of the Old Testament, and you just go, "Oh my God, I never knew that was in there." This guy's this 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 deity is a monster. He's a genocidal maniac. Like who who would want to worship this deity? And uh, I think that's that'll be a a big wake up call for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate your work, man. Keep it up. Where can people support you that you're not banned off of to help you continue putting out content? The two best places to follow me are Twitter and Odyssey. Odyssey's Odyssey set up their own like Patreon even now too just recently. So you can support monthly there and that's where I stream and the videos are uploaded. And uh, if anybody's interested in this and they want to see more, I did a video. I'm, I'll create a playlist of, of the best videos for you guys to watch. But there's a video I did a couple months ago called The Jesus Deception Revealed. And this is where I, I show these verses of the Old Testament. The, the verses they took from the Old Testament as source material to create the new Jesus myth and then how that benefits them. So that's a great video to check out if anybody wants to see more. Gotcha. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Everyone go check them out. Um, I've got, so you said your website doesn't work anymore. Is that true? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no more news.org. It does work, but I, it's, I was banned from my other website a while ago, and uh, it's the new one. I've just been focusing on videos and not even updating the website because it doesn't work very well. I need to get a WordPress or whatever. Gotcha. So, uh, it still works, but it's just like a landing page where you can click on other links. All right, sweet. We'll go support him on Odyssey, follow him on Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Adam. We'll do it again. Thank you, Reed. Enjoyed it.